Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're reflecting on the win for big man Derek Chisora at the weekend. The veteran heavyweight finally picked up a points decision win against Kubat Pula, but did admit afterwards that he's approaching the end of his career. We'll discuss which fights he should and perhaps which fights he shouldn't take before he calls it a day. We could be on the verge of one of the biggest domestic fights in years. It is being reported that Conor Ben and Christian Bent Jr. could square off almost three decades after their dads face each other in Old Trafford. We'll discuss how, what, where, when, and why this fight will happen a little later. Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields have been exchanging words ahead of their fight on September 10th. We are going to hear from Marshall, who spoke with Gareth last week, and we're going to look ahead to a big fight for Ryan Garcia this weekend. He faces, I think, the toughest test of his career so far when he takes a former world champion, Javier Fortuna. Uh, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. November the 18th to give him a good, good hiding. You know, went out there, he done the job on the guy. Another road sweeper. Hey, I've done that before. Now I'm with the big boys. I'm there. I'm there already. He's got to prove himself, not me. He's gonna beat you. I'm gonna outbox you. Now you're gonna, you're just gonna outbox me and knock me out. Pick one. I'm gonna hurt you, and I'm gonna outbox you. There's two for you. He's not communicating with us on what he's doing. Is this another case of Tommy Fumbles just being scared to fight me? I think that's what it is. I think the Fury family is trying to manipulate something here to make me fight in the UK. Gareth, let's just jump straight into it. Um, did Derek Chisora win on the weekend? Yeah, I think so. I was in the studio, Addy. Um, I thought it was a fine performance. I thought he was clever in the early rounds, played possum off the ropes, went to the body more than we've seen him do. Um, he got rocked a little bit in the eighth round. Yeah. Um, but but there were moments when Pulev looked absolutely exhausted himself. So um, for me, um, it was a fine performance. Um, I said to you, it, it might just surprise us and be a real rugged, exciting affair. And Derek made the fight in many ways. Kubrat held early on a lot. Yes. Um, I, I kind of didn't enjoy Marcus McDonald pulling them apart all the time because they were working it out between themselves mm. and they would have been able to break. And it was a really, really good heavyweight fight between two great heavyweights, um, but obviously both coming towards the end of their careers. Um, it, I thought it was going to end up a draw, in my view, um, mm. even though the judges went 116, 112 split. Um, but I don't think you can have any outrage at it. Um, Derek worked much harder. Um, you know, it, it was in a sense a little bit of a hometown decision, but no, I didn't have any problem with him winning it. Did you? 
No, no, me neither. Um, you kind of you look around um the ring, sort of the ringside area, everyone, how you got it, how have you scored it? And kind of looked at Josh Taylor and Josh, what are you thinking? He was like, Yeah, Chisora. <laughs> David Hay. I said, David, hey, what are you thinking? David Hay at one stage had an eight rounds to zip for Chisora. So I was like, David, I don't even want your score. Forget I, there's no point in me asking you. Darren Barker was next to me. He said he thought Chisora nicked it as well. But the interesting one was Tony Bellew. So Tony Bellew, obviously, big friends of Derek Chisora. And I thought he might have a Chisora and he actually gave it to Pulev. Well, I'm, well, I'm surprised by that. It's only because he well, doesn't want Derek to fight the likes of Deontay yeah. Wilder and doesn't want to see him get hurt. But yeah, yeah. Um, look, people see it differently. We have a go at the judges overdoing that sometimes. And mm. look, we're all split. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- th- there was definitely... Derek definitely did exactly what he needed to do, which was to draw Pulev into a dogfight. Um, mm. I thought he was also clever off the ropes, Derek. Um, and Pulev missed with a lot of shots. Um, apart from that eighth round when Derek seemed to stagger, he went back onto the ropes and went back into defensive mode and that kind of clever possum that he plays. I'll tell you what, his elusive skills are great now as They're well. They're getting there, aren't they? The bobbing yeah. and the weaving... Frazier-like, yes, Joe yes. Frazier-like. Um, but I think the big thing is, you know, where does he go from here? And I know we'll talk about that as we go on in the show. And that's a big thing to talk about for Derek in my it, view. It, it really is. I, I thought that was it. Obviously, I'd I done the ring in-ring interview after, and he took his hat off. He said, you know, I'm very, very happy I got the win, but I'm also very, very sad. And I was thinking, oh, he's going to announce his retirement. Yeah. In the ring, obviously, he came out to Elvis Presley. It was very, he'd done the long ring walk to get into the ring. And I was like, he had the old band back with Don Charles and the crew. And I was like, oh, this seem, almost seems like the perfect time to maybe say goodbye. Um, I know Pulev isn't the name you want to go out on a win with, but it's still a, a recognized heavyweight. So I almost felt like it was the perfect time to retire. Just because, you know, as a big fan of what Derek's done for British boxing over the years, win or lose, I don't want to see him go in with the kind of names he's sort of chucking out there. They kind of scare me a little bit for him. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Deontay Wilder being sort of the name he really wants. But anyone, even even Hellenius scares me, if I'm honest with you. He looked really good against Kalnaki. But did, did you think that was it? Especially him coming out to Elvis Presley. Did you think uh-huh. you know, when he took his hat off that, that maybe he's going to call it a day? Um, no. no, because I did a big interview myself with him for DAZN where he ah. said, you know... He's still got things to 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 to, to pay for, girl, daughters to bring up. Yeah, um, he doesn't like that, yeah. feel he still loves it so much, Eddie, mm. that I I don't think um, he can give it up. And 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 one of the things, you know, he was very clear to do afterwards, even though Eddie Hearn's been talking about Deontay Wilder, um, you know, he. You know, he said to, he, as he said, I told Eddie the other day, get me the biggest names. I want the big fights. Um, and for me, it's either Dillian White three. They're yeah. both in, a, in the right place to have that third fight if they want it. Um, and uh, Deontay Wilder, I'm not so sure. Um, but uh, time will tell on that one. It's certainly a fight Deontay Wilder would take in my view. Um, and as Eddie Hearn called it, that's a very dangerous fight with him right now. And I agree with him. Yeah. A lot of Junta Wilder was a couple of seconds away from being the WBC heavyweight champion. He's a very, very good talent. But I want to talk about Ben Eubank. I mean, I, I read your piece in the Telegraph when you spoke about, sorry, apologies. Me and you spoke about this on Talk Sport. Um, no doubt you're going to talk about it in the Telegraph a bit later. Yeah. Um, how, how close are we to, to this fight being announced? Is it on? Rumours suggest it is on. Nothing's been announced officially yet. But what can you tell us, Gareth? I'm underst- I understand that, that apart from deciding the catch weight, probably 156, 155, something like that, between mm. middle and welter, big step up for Ben um, coming up from welterweight. But it doesn't tarnish his legacy at welterweight. If he loses this, he's probably a big underdog in the fight. Massive underdog for experience me. and size. Mm. Um, but I'm under, I understand the fight's been signed. I've had a lot of people call me. I did do a little piece in the Telegraph um, when I announced the uh, Sky deal with um, with Anthony Joshua and Usyk mm. uh, for that fight, obviously um, with Matchroom as the promoter. Um, look, for me, um, the fight's made. Yeah. I think it'll be in the early autumn, mm. um, late August, early September in, in my view, uh, maybe even a little later. Yeah. Um, but it's a massive fight. It's oh, a massive it British fight. It's Ben Eubank three, isn't it? So 
um, you know, uh, for legacy, as uh, as they they both put out in their social media, and it is for legacy. Yes, um, the old yes. men will get involved. Oh, God, take take, take, take my money now. Take my money now. I suspect they'll do a gloves are off with those two as well and yeah. talk about their sons. So, and it's probably going to be even more flagrant than them talking about their sons, even than them, rather than themselves. So, mm. um, yeah, I think the fight's on. I think we're going to get a cracker of a night. Um, I know that um, the Zauerlands weren't able to get for Ben, uh, for Eubank, what they wanted with Sky and Boxer. It wasn't coming through. Mm. So they knew that that Ben fight was there. They've been tempted over to the zone. And I think it's a cracking fight and a great, a great kind of counterpunch, if you like, to the fact that DAZN didn't get the deal with Joshua and Yusik. Yeah, it's massive for DAZN, this one. Um, it brings the casuals in. It brings the hardcore boxing fans in. It brings sort of fans that loved British boxing in the 90s when it was on ITV and everyone assumes that was the best era of British boxing when you could watch it for free, 10 o'clock. It brings everyone in, doesn't it? Um, and then you've got two guys that will sell it well. Ben and Eubank are polar opposites. And if they do do a face-off or anything like that, you can imagine how that would just, sparks will fly just because of, of who they are. Um, it's funny, out of the and three- And styles, and styles. And styles, well, you're it's right. It's a great stylistic matchup, oh, believe it or not. Ben looking to counterpunch. Mm. Uh, sorry, Ben looking to go aggressively um, and throw his shots. The younger man, less damage on, on the body and on, the, on his body clock. Yeah. Um, a total self-belief, undefeated. Chris Eubank Jr. probably coming towards the end of his career, believe it or not. You think? Last three or four, yeah, last three or four fights for him. He's not going to hang around forever. As his father said, it's a mugs game. And mm. uh, what he meant by that was you get in, you stay in, you, know, you keep all your faculties intact, you make as much money and you get out. And that's yeah. their metier. That's their, that's their rhythm. That's the rhythm of the Eubanks. They're very smart people in my view. I like them very much. They're brilliant to deal with. Um, and I just think that um, Eubank will uh, look to open up on Ben coming in. It's a fantastic matchup. really is. No, it, it's, it's such a good matchup. It's a massive, massive jump though, isn't it, for, for Conor Ben? And look, he was there Saturday night and we kind of had a few words and he's ready for whatever they, they put in front of him. But I mean, to go from, and this is no disrespect to his previous opponents, to go from a Granados small kind of at the end, Algeria's small at the end, Vargas for Mella, to jump up to a guy that's fought at 168, big, strong, almost has a chin that you can't detonate on, yeah. Eubank. It, it's a, this is a task. This is a big task. It is a big task, but it's one, it's one that whets the appetite. And, you know, and, and we've been on about him um, you know, he, he's done everything he's had to do so far. Yeah. He totally believes in himself. As I say, the key is that even if he loses this fight and it's an entertaining fight, um, his legacy or his legacy or his, his growth at 147 pounds at welterweight isn't tarnished by a loss. What I hope is that it isn't such a brutal battle that yeah. it takes an awful lot out of him and that may affect him when he goes back down, you know? Hundred percent. We don't want to see a, a Brook GGG scenario. Hey, we, yeah, we don't want that. Addy, and the other thing is, if it's a really good fight, they might do it again. That's they the will. thing. You know, why not? Why not? Yep. It's about you yep. know making money and leaving the sport, and that will generate a lot of money. Uh, Savannah Marshall, we're going to hear from her a bit later. I know you, you spoke with Savannah Marshall. Yep. Obviously, this big Clarissa Shields fight coming up. Alicia Baumgardner versus Michaela Meyer on the undercard. I mean, Sky have done well. Sky have done really, really well. Uh, Savannah, one thing I realized seeing her versus Clarissa Shaw's, she's a lot bigger. Oh yeah, she's a very, she's a six footer, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, you know? she is genuine six footer. So, and that, and that heightened reach advantage could play into her hands in this fight. It's, mm. it's not the bull against the Matador. No. Um, it's, it's two women at the peak of their powers, um, both with very different styles. Clarissa has been accused of not having heavy hands, but I think Savannah's going to be hit more than she's ever been hit. Um, but she's got such a great style, elusive on the outside, long rangey jabs. And when she gets on the inside, she's very powerful, as we know, because she's knocked out so many of her opponents, 90%, 95% of her opponents. So it's a brilliant fight. September the 10th, it's my birthday. It's hey. my birthday, September the 10th. So I'm going to really enjoy that night, whether we're uh, either in the arena. I know Talk Sport are after that contest, of course. I hope they get it, that that event. And, and, and two other... Uh, women's title fights on the card as well with Tasha mm. Jonas and Anna Ranking yeah. and Michaela Mayer and Alicia Baumgarten. And the only thing which we'll hear from Savannah, which she talks about is, should it have been an all-women's card? 
I don't maybe, so. maybe not. Yeah. Um, and should it have been pay-per-view? Maybe, maybe not. Mm, indeed. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we'll be hearing from Savannah Marshall. She spoke with Gareth last week and we'll discuss Ryan Garcia's fight with Javier Fortuna this weekend and how it could impact the lightweight division. But up next, are we going to get Conor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. this year? This is why I shall take you out on the night of the 18th of November. You are mine, you belong to me. I am the man. He's all hype, you know, and I, I can't wait to give him a good, good hiding. On that particular night in question, I will show that I have what it takes. The public is demanding this, you know, I walk down the street, people say, hey, give this boy a hiding. Some of you are going for Nigel Ben because of his punching power. Ben, a man with a dynamite in his fist, really, the reigning champion. Chris Eubank, the challenger from Brighton down there on the south coast, a very different type of personality. We are proud to present the main attraction of the evening. Yeah, I myself, boy. You had your time. Let's have some parliamentary procedure here, all right? I'm crushing numbers in the sprint. I'm crushing numbers in sparring. He's got a statement victory, and Conor Ben has produced the performance of his career. If the fans wanted it and it could be made, then sure. This is again, Eubank rolls his shoulders. He's having fun in there at the moment, Eubank. I get out of bed in silk pyjamas in my heated Range Rover seats with a nice massage on the back, heated steering. I still train harder than all these four. If we ever ended up in the same weight class where there was a catch weight that could be made, if that's what the fans want, of course. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth Fay Davis. You heard us talk about it at the top. Could we be getting one of the biggest British fights, I think, of the last sort of 10 years in Conor Ben? versus Chris Eubank Jr. It looks like, we're, I believe all the rumours, it looks like the fight is close to being signed. Um, still some things, I guess, that need to be ironed out if it is going to be signed. The weight being one of the biggest ones. Uh, Gareth, we mentioned at the top that Chris Eubank has fought at 168. Uh, Connor Ben is a 147 guy. I mean, it seems all fair that it's at 154, but you do wonder, can, look, I, I've looked at Chris at 160 and I, I don't know where, I don't know how he makes 160. There's not a fat on him. There's, there's nothing to lose. He's shredded. Can he come down to 154, 155? Yeah, I think he can, um, but it's going to take a lot out of him. And that's the advantage of Connor Ben. We want, we need to know about things that they're discussing, like rehydration clauses. No doubt we'll get a chance to ask him about that. Mm. Because you don't want uh, Conor Ben at kind of 155 pounds and Chris Eubank at, you know, let's say 168 or something. It doesn't, yeah. it's it's not good. I mean, he is naturally the bigger man. He's just under six foot. Uh, Conor's 5'9". Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, as I said, the, the, it's Conor's power um, that's going to be interesting in this fight because the style's are fantastic in terms of uh, Chris Eubank has worked on his countering um, and his elusiveness with Roy Jones Jr. Conor Ben is a very aggressive come forward fighter. I, d I couldn't, I, I couldn't think of a better style matchup, frankly. Mm. Um, very similar to the fathers. Exactly uh, the same. It's, it's, it's yeah, a mirror image. It is, and you know what we're looking at is, you know, um, the return after thirty years or 1990, 1993, mm. a draw and a win uh, for Chris Eubank. Uh, senior and the, one of the biggest grudges and biggest rivalries um, we've ever seen in British boxing 30 years on at middleweight and super middleweight they were of course in 1990 yeah. and uh, 1993 I remember them well and the funny thing is um, the two fathers were on tour with Gold Star um, uh, on, a, on a talking tour and apparently they didn't get on at the beginning and they struggled with each other they were arguing over which sandwich they should have in the, <laughs> in the green room and, uh, but apparently they got on so well by the end I think we're just going to get that they know exactly what they're doing they're, 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 they, were, they were natural promoters when they were fighters and I think it's just going to be even even more pointed with them with fathers uh, and sons because there's so much jeopardy on the line for both of them because it's bragging rights again. Can yeah. Conor Ben get back what his dad didn't do and beat a Eubank? Um, so all of those things play into it brilliantly. And I think if they do the promotion right, I think it will really work for DAZN. Yeah. I think the British public will buy into it. Yeah. There's a narrative there that they can create really easily, Addy. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited to be involved in that narrative. I hope TalkSport go after it.
They've got to, honestly, that they've got to. And maybe it's a case of yourself and the other, the boxing crew, Andy Clark and Adam, Adam Catch will tell talk sport bigwigs just how big this is. Now, this is, this is, this is huge. Yes, it's not like the heavyweights, but in terms of anything else, this is this is as big as it gets. I, I remember being asked a question about this fight about a year ago. Like, could they ever fight? And I was like, absolutely no chance. Yeah. I said, no way. Connor Ben's not, he's 147. And at the time, I think Eubank was campaigning at 168. I was like, they're 20 pounds away from each other. And and Conor Ben hadn't sort of ascended to what he is now. You look at Conor Ben, he is like this mini superstar waiting to kind of erupt of anything. He's now a big, big draw for the zone. And, and I never really thought it could happen. And even of the three, when I chucked Kel Brook into the mix, of all the kind of combinations, I thought this one was the furthest away. I thought Kel Brook, Conor, okay, that makes sense. A kind of passing of the torch match. Kel Brook, Chris, we've seen sort of Kel fight at 160. That makes sense as well. This one didn't make sense, but it's the dream one. It's the one that didn't make sense for me, but in my head, it's the dream scenario. Um, could it, if promoted correctly, look, I'm happy that it potentially will go to an arena, but could it have done a, a small stadium? Like if, if given the correct push, do you think? No, go for a big stadium. Go for a really big stadium. You think? Go for the Olympic Stadium. Go for West Ham's ground. Oh, that's perfect because he's a hammer as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Push for that. Get get all the football fans behind it. Make it a big occasion. Um, get the fathers on a big promotional drive. You've got to get well. the fathers on it. You've got yeah, to. That, yeah. that almost has to be in the contract. The yeah. fathers have to do everything. Yeah, there's. I think there'll be a natural enmity between the two young men as well. Um, you know, there's there's so much familial pride on the line here oh, as well. Man, that so so all add all those things in, and I think we've got a, a humongous fight. And I think it's why, like you said. Um, a year, maybe six months ago, we were going, nah, well, maybe Connor needs to do things at welterweight first, prove himself at world level, mm. and then make the fight uh, with Chris. Mm. But, but the more you look at it, um, you know, uh, that fight sells more than a Yaren Ennis fight, a Virgil Ortiz fight, so right. any of the, and the champions are out of the picture because they're looking to fight each other at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, Connor's nowhere near mandatory. Um, he's got two, probably two tough fights come through at welterweight to get near there. So get in, make the big fights. And I think this is happening more and more. There's a massive appetite for those kind of fights in the UK at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the biggest fight. And they've looked at it and looked at it. They put, you know, when often you, you put things out there and you get a reaction. And when the, when the reaction comes back really strong from the public, which it has, um, then you just go for it. And it's just, it, they seeded it. It's grown in this sunny weather and we're almost there, you know? Mm. Is there a danger if you're Connor? Look, for me, there's the risk reward with Chris is, is huge. Chris probably looks at Connor, no disrespect to Connor, as not a big risk because he's a smaller guy and the reward is so much bigger because there isn't a bigger money fight for Chris at 160, maybe GGG, but I still, don't, I still think there's more money in this one. But for Connor, is there a danger when you look at what Brooke did with GGG, going up and fighting the bigger, stronger guy and the damage that caused Brooke then going into a fight with Errol, with the orbital bone smash. Are they rolling the dice a bit here with Connor? Yeah, they, they are. But um, Chris Eubank Jr. is not the um, killer punch, a single yeah. punch um, killer that, I, I mean that with, with as a, you know, of as, course. Yeah, yeah. not a killer, but um, a devastating knockout merchant that Gennady is mm. with, with both hands. Mm. Um, I think we're going to find out, this is the acid test for Connor at, um, I, I think Chris is world level, simple as that. He it's is. a real test at world level. It's a test of his metal. It's a test of, you know, when times get troubled in this fight, which they will at some point, I imagine. Um, I, I perceive that anyway, that how does he deal with it? How does he come through the other side? Um, there'll never be another fight that he'll put so much heart and soul into. So all of those factors, it all points to let's get this fight on. Let's get this fight made because it's so thrilling and it's so exciting. I mean, you have to say that Chris Eubank Jr. is a strong favourite. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you have to say that it's come from the demand of the British fans and we're, we're on board with it. And I think all the media are on board with it now as well. Yeah, I think everyone's sold. I mean, again, the rumours are out there and people started to kind of react on Twitter and everyone um, is jumping on this one. Um, if you're of a certain age, you remember the dads and you're jumping on just because of that. And if you're not, and if you're a younger sort of 
boxing fan, you're jumping on just because you know Conor Ben, you know Chris Eubank Jr. They're two big names that sell the fight. If uh, if this fight was on Sky Box Office, um, how many pay-per-views do you think this would have done? 600. Wow. I think it does. Right. And here's another one. Here's mm. another one. Who's the most popular with the British public out of Ben and Eubank? Ben? Yeah, I agree with you, just. Because yeah. Eubank plays the heel. <laughs> he does, and that's he what's good so in well. Yeah. Eubank can play that. We've got a natural heel and a natural popular guy as well who has his heart on his sleeve. Whereas mm. you get the kind of cool as a cucumber, unemotional Chris Eubank um, Jr. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We'll be saying all the way through this into the build-up. This is my fight to lose. I have no problem against this young guy. I'm going to teach him a boxing lesson. He's not ready for me, but I'm happy to do it because it makes me a ton of money. And you know what? I see Chris Eubank Jr. fighting Conor Ben this year and then Billy Joe Saunders later in the year as well. And he could call it a day after that because he's going to make loads of cash. Uh, Finally, would it go on DAZN pay-per-view? Oh, I imagine so. I imagine that's what they're looking at with this DAZN Plus, isn't it? Um, Mm. Yeah, I think so. And it works on there. Well, it's the same as getting a subscription for a month anyway, isn't it? And then wanting to renew it or not. Um, It's all pay-per-view in a sense. Mm. Um, But I think it's good for DAZN because it will definitely draw them a big, big crowd and allow eyeballs on their platform and all the other you know, like you and I are involved in, like shoulder mm. programming and all that kind of stuff that's brilliant yeah. on the platform. Yeah, indeed it will. All right, you're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are talking uh, the lightweight division. Big fight this weekend between Ryan Garcia and Javier Fortuna. But up next, we'll be hearing from Savannah Marshall. She spoke with Gareth to discuss her super fight with Clarissa Shields in September. have you done in your career besides brag about beat me 10 years ago i've knocked out people you went 10 rounds with no one you fought was elite you are no one you fought was elite they were but good we the same paper hannah rankin was your best opponent who else was your best opponent name them. i'm not saying that we've boxed the same people that didn't go the distance from me but the you fought out against the ring MK with you. three years after i the fought skipped against out, the skipped out the ring with you yeah and you haven't improved Theresa shields is a superstar and she's got that one loss. She had 64 amateur fights. She's had one loss against Savannah Marshall. She's never lost in the professional ranks. And this is personal for her. And Savannah has known that this moment will come since the time she turned professional. And now it's coming. You're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me. I'm not just going to beat you. I'm going to outbox you. 
I'm gonna now you're gonna, you're you're gonna outbox me or knock me out. Pick one. I'm gonna hurt you and I'm gonna outbox you. That's two for you. You're not gonna knock me out and you're not gonna beat me. I'm gonna hurt you and I'm gonna outbox you. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gary Faye Davis. Big, big female fight September the 10th between Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. It's one that we've been talking about for about a year now. It finally happens. Uh, Savannah Marshall has said she has the utmost respect for Clarissa Shields, despite the hatred between the pair. The two will meet, as I said, September the 10th in an undisputed middleweight clash at the O2 in a rematch that has been 10 years in the making. Let's hear now from Savannah Marshall. She spoke with Gareth following the press conference last week. Are you disappointed without trying to hammer the promoters about where it is and um, and that it's going to be an all or they're looking at an all female card? Um, a lot of people in 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 boxing, myself included, quite surprised that they're doing an all female card. I mean, why do an all female card? I think for Sky, I think the tr- the trying to. Sky really big on on women's sports, so I think they're really getting behind and really pushing it, especially. Look how much they've back female boxing, and mm. even from the start with Katie. Mm. So Sky, you're a big pioneer and a, a big supporter of women's boxing. But for me, I just think, I think Michaela May and Alicia, Alicia was a massive fight. But I think that that's a headliner on its own. So really, I feel a little bit sorry for them both. Um, I'm not saying mine and Clarissa is going to overshadow them because I don't think it will. But I, I just think, you know, they're both American. I think it would have been better in America, maybe in like one of their capitals, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do feel sorry for them both, but it is what it is, and it is pushing female boxing. But I do think, look, if you if you're not a fan of female boxing, and there's people still out there that aren't, there's no way you're tuning into that card. What do you say to people who aren't fans of female boxing, though, South? Um, what What would you say that? Should they bring their eyeballs to the sport and watch it and see, not not take that traditional view of women shouldn't be hitting each other? What would you say to those fans, not fans, what would you say to those people that find it a little bit uncomfortable? Um, Like you said, it's just tradition and the way people have been brought up. Like, I know men still that don't like to see women get hit, and that that's just the way it is. And I think until they actually see a female fight, and I can remember when Katie Box Pursuit won. Mm-hmm. Like that was an unbelievable fight, but both of them took heavy, heavy shots, and it wasn't nice to watch from that perspective, from an entertainment perspective. It was, it was brilliant. Mm. So it's just the way people are, it's just the way people have been brought up. And you know, if the if the eye gets turned to watch, then fair play. Would you have been in favour of this fight? I know it's not going to happen, but would you have been in favour of this fight being sanctioned over three-minute rounds? Um, it doesn't really bother me, to be fair. Um, from a, from an entertainment point of view, I think that I'm a boxer. I watch boxing, and sometimes when you have men fighting 12 threes, it's boring. I get about six rounds in and find myself limping to the kitchen, opening the fridge and looking on my phone. Whereas two minutes, it's exciting. It's action-packed because you've only got two minutes to win the round. Um, it's a fascinating fight. From the outside, it looks like knockout artist against the boxer. Weirdly, you know, I'm pinning you as the knockout artist there and um, Clarissa as the boxer, but it's much more nuanced than that, isn't it? It's much more complex. And, and I'm going to be honest here, you may have to take more shots than you've ever taken before, may have to take more shots in this fight. And she's probably going to be a hit harder than she's ever been hit before. Is is my is is one of the one of the nuances that I see in this fight. It for me, it's a fantastic matchup because it is the ultimate test after a decade, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. Obviously, she's got that one defeat in me. Um out of everyone, she's only ever had one defeat. And obviously for me, I'm I'm the one who's beat this so-called G-Wart. So it is, it makes for a perfect matchup and it's entertaining, it's exciting. 
Savannah Marshall there speaking to Gareth A. Davis in confident mood, in, in fine mood. I thought that she spoke very, very well at the press conference. I, I've always I've always thought that she was quite shy, Savannah Marshall, but she seems to be, I don't know, she almost like she needed Clarissa Shields to bring something out in her. And now she seems very confident. Yeah, she does. And she's grown and this mm. is her time and she's got more plaudits and she's fought at home a couple of times. She's felt the power of the crowd, Addie. She knows the, the power in her hands. Mm. Um, she's got a fine record and she's beaten Clarissa before, remember? So the yeah. only defeat in Clarissa's entire amateur and professional career, I think um, it, it's easy for her in the sense that she doesn't start the argument. She's like very much like the counterpuncher in the verbal yeah. arguments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, Clarissa is a big trash talker. She's she's a motor mouth. She's got a brilliant, uh, she's very erudite and articulate uh, with her message and, and her life story and all those things. I mean, let's not forget, she's had this extraordinary life where she suffered abuse and mm. she's come through it and she's she's a standout figure. She's celebrated in America. She's celebrated by women for what she's achieved as well as a woman. Um, who's come through horrific times, you know. Yeah. So um, she's also from Flint, Mich Michigan, which has its own troubled area. She's she's fighting in mixed martial arts. She's got the courage and pride to call herself the quote. She's a brilliant <laughs> marketeer. Why shouldn't she? I remember that first interview that I did with her after she called herself the quote. And she said, if Ali wouldn't be called the greatest today, if he hadn't called himself the greatest. True. He flung the golden mud and it stuck and it turned into a, into a brilliant um, epitaph of the greatest and he'll all forever be the greatest. So some people think the greatest um, activist to come out of sport of all time. Um, and she has that similar kind of drive. So Clarissa has that and Savannah can react off it. So it's, it's perfect. She's a perfect foil for her in lots of ways. And we saw that at last week's press conference. What I particularly like is that, that, Savannah is now expressing strong views as she did in that interview. Mm. Why is it an all women's card? What sense is there in that? I wasn't too happy about it. Why are we moving to London? As mm. I said to her, Sav, you're better off in London because it's going to, we can get you on the Today programme, on Talk Sport in the studio, on, on the breakfast yeah. shows, you know, um, Good Morning Britain, all those things, because it's a massive fight. London is the media hub, it's the media pulse, and it yep, would have been a little bit yeah. buried up in the northwest, yeah, or the 100%. northeast, rather. Um, so I know you agree with me on that. And the other thing is, should it have been an all-female card? I mean, Mr. Oladipo, I'll get it right this week. Perfect. Please discuss those three points. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't like the idea of it. I, I don't think it needs to be. I understand what Sky are trying to do in promoting sort of female... Right. You don't necessarily need to do it like that because the, the, the two the two main events, and you could even chuck Tasha Jonas versus Hannah Rankin in the three main events, they're all standalone great headliners. Yeah. You know, I mean they could all they could all headline a Saturday night fight card themselves and get good numbers and good eyes. Tasha Jonas it. could sell out the Liverpool Echo Arena. hundred percent Rank um, um and Hannah Rankin. Um Michaela Mayer mm. and uh Baumgartner and, uh, could do the Hulu Theatre at Madison Square Garden. No question about it, Addy. You're absolutely spot on. And you know what surprised me? And look, Mab, you have to maybe give credit to Sky, but as soon as I saw, because I guess the question was always gonna be, is it gonna be on box office? Like how much are they playing Clarissa Shields? Surely it has to be pay-per-view. And when I saw Baumgartner and Meyer and Rankin and Tasha, I was like, okay, it must be box office then. Like, like this is this is actually quite a thick card. The fact it's not surprises me. And look, I'm I'm happy it's not. I don't want to spend any more money than I have to watch boxing, but it does surprise me that they've been able to put this card together without this going on box office. Yeah, well, well, look, here's what I told her, as you can hear in the interview. Oh, it might not be on that bit because it was a long, rangy interview. And I don't know if Jeremy, our producer, put this little bit in. But here's the key. If they have a fantastic fight, those are the only two girls that you obviously have got um, uh, Franchon Cruz de Zern as the undisputed super middleweight title yeah, at the moment. Yeah. You, those three women really are, are the heavyweights of the women's division. Agreed. Of, the, yes. of women's boxing. They are the heavyweight, super middleweight, and the big middleweights at the moment are women's heavyweight boxing. This is like the heavyweight championship of the world for me. Agreed. In lots of ways. Agreed. So, yeah. There's, there's another fight for the winner. Cruz de Zern and, uh, and um, Caressa Shields had an amazing fight on the undercard. I think it was of Andre Ward and, and, um, and Sergei and Kovalev. Kovalev. 
I was there that night. They had a six-round battle. It was like Hagler Hearns, a modern Hagler Hearns. They put their heels on, their makeup on. They went out with their friends. <laughs> Ten minutes later, they were both out down in in the in the in the, down the strip. I saw them with their mates, with their gangs, and their gangs of friends. And um, they're brilliant fighters. So she's there. HH Diva's there as a fight for either woman. But it wouldn't surprise me to see a trilogy between these two. And if it's a fantastic fight first time round and controversial and is close, then I think you move it to pay-per-view with a load of guys' fights on the cards as well, men's fights on that card as well. I'm so happy you just mentioned that, just as we go to break, about it being sort of important for Clarissa as well that she's got a Savannah because I spoke to Clarissa in New York and um, it was me, Ak and Barack, and obviously as the only Englishman there, I was like, okay, you need Savannah as much as she needs you. Stop it. Like, like, there is no. She big wouldn't have it, would she? She yes, wouldn't she have, it. have it. She's yeah, like, no, I'm the superstar. Yeah. I'm like, get you are the superstar. You're the quote, but you need Savannah. Yeah. And Savannah needs you. Savannah would admit yeah. that she needs you as well. Like, yeah. you know, who else is there for you to fight? So it was interesting because she, there's been so much talk from Clarissa about you know, you know wanting to do this MMA career. And I, I, I like it, but let's be realistic about it. I mean, she's got a good stand up. It's going to take years, years for her to get a good ground game in order to compete against a high name. So she needs. Savannah desperately, and that's why it makes a really good, a really good fight. Polar opposites in terms of sort of um, personalities, and it just sells. It really, yeah, it does. But and 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 also, um, one other little point to remember is that Clarissa has got a deal with the Professional Fighters League, and is meant to go over and fight in MMA uh, after this fight. But mm. if it's a brilliant fight, they'll be patient with her, and they can have that second fight and that trilogy fight. And she can do both. She was going to concentrate on MMA next year. Mm. But you know what? If there's more money on the table on a pay-per-view for a second fight, then I'm sure she'll take it because she's a smart businesswoman as well. So, And I know that Ben Shalom and James Fruin from the PFL work very closely together. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, they're celebrating the fact that she can do both. And they're both using her as a crossover star in that sense. So it's all good. It ticks all the boxes. I think it'll be a great fight. I, I still can't pick a clear winner at the moment because I think Savannah's going to get more problems than she's ever had in any fight before. Yeah, indeed. It's going to be an absolutely great fight. Great fight card as well. I really, I think Baumgarten and Michaela Meyer could steal the show, but yeah, we'll see. I think that's a great matchup as well. It is. Good fights. Well done to Sky to putting all those fights on. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're talking the lightweight division. Can Ryan Garcia make a statement this weekend against former world champion Javier Fortuna? <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. Big fight for Ryan Garcia uh, this weekend at the Crypto.com Arena. I hate that name. The old Staples Center. Um, he fights Javier Fortuna, a uh, former champion at Super Feather, I believe. Um, coming off a couple of close fights against Jojo Diaz. So big, big opportunity here for Ryan Garcia to make a statement against a known fighter. Um, what would you make of sort of Ryan Garcia in this lightweight shakeup? Uh, Gareth, I know you spoke to him. We are going to hear from Ryan Garcia in a couple of minutes, but what do you make of him? Like, where do you have him in your sort of top three, top four lightweights? Well, he slipped back a little bit because mm. from that time off that he wanted to take. Uh, he wanted to take a time off from uh, from the sport. He had yep. some personal issues to deal with. Mm. Um, look, um, he's fighting a guy here that um, is kind of keeping him treading water. It's another comeback fight. Yeah, um, It's a fight that just puts him there, thereabouts. Stay um, busy. Yeah, Emmanuel Targo was the same. Um, you know, went unanimous decision over 12 rounds, something he needed in San Antonio, San Antonio Texas. Um, he'd been out for, what was it, 15 months at that point after knocking out Luke Campbell. Mm-hmm. So he took a long time away from the sport. He's still a very young man, remember. He's still only 23. He's and he's got bigger, these though, isn't he? So like physically, it looks like he's getting a lot bigger. I wonder yeah. how long he can stay in that lightweight division. Oh, I think he'll stay there for a while, you know. Yeah. But the good thing about him is he's a tall, rangy lightweight. He's only 23, so his age is on his side. He's already a father. Mm. He's got millions of uh, Instagram and Twitter followers. He's massive. Yeah, He's a huge star. Um, you know, he's got wealth beyond his wildest dreams already. You know, he turned pro at 17. He's been a pro for six years. He's, I think in terms of... Apart from welterweight, in terms of depth of division, this is the toughest division to be in. 
Because yeah. when you look at it at the moment, and you ask me where he is, um, you know, George Cambosos, I'm not doing these in any particular order, order but let's say, look, um, you've got Devin Haney, Javonta Davis, Vasil Lomachenko, George Cambosos, um, and him. And maybe I think you've got to add to that coming up um, is Shaka Stevenson as well. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a top six. Those six guys with the right resume in a couple of years could all be in the top 10 pound for pound. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a stacked division. You know, maybe not Cambosos, but, you know, but there's certainly five of the six of those. So, you know, it's, it's a really stacked division. Where do you put him? Um, I guess we're going to have to find out, right? Yeah. I mean, the others and, have all mixed it with each other or at least had sort of, you know, toughish fights. Yeah. We have to see where he is. I thought after the Luke Campbell performance, you could have chucked him right near the top because um, Luke Campbell, we know how good Luke is um, and a fantastic boxer. And for him to get up off the canvas and beat Luke that way, and then to have this long hiatus and, you know, new trainer, we need to kind of see where he is mentally as well. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Let's hear from the man. Obviously, takes on Javier Fortuna this weekend. Not looking past Fortuna, but he wants the big names. And he mentioned Javante Davis as well. Let's hear from Ryan Garcia. I'm a superstar. So this fight, all it does is continue my uh, my my superstardom. You know, to me, I'm going to get a chance at the bout regardless. Whatever IBF or whatever they have me ranked, I don't even think about that. All I think about is these guys want to make money and I am a key element to them making a big pay-per-view. So my main objective is go beat Tank Davis after this. I, that, that's it. That's really? all I'm, yeah, that, that's where this leads to. But of course, right now I'm focused on Fortuna and I'm, that's my whole mindset is to know how to piece him apart and destroy him. You know, I, I do, I do want to destroy him. So that's what I'm thinking about. But th- you asked me, where does this lead? That's it. That's all it leads to. It's, it's, it's so it's always going to be Tank Davis before Devin Haney because of the contractual issues. No, I think it's just for me. That's what I want to do, and nobody's going to be able to convince me otherwise. Because you know, Tank Davis for me is whoever wins that fight is the face of boxing. And do I want that more than the bouts? Yes, because you don't take those, you can't spend those bouts. <laughs> you can spend a big check, you know, being a, a the face of boxing. And I'm not saying money's everything, but in this sport, the bouts have been drowned out so much for me, at least, that it's like, man, what would you rather be, you know, selling the most pay-per-views you could sell and setting up your family for life or having some bouts you have to pay for anyway. You know, to me, which means more is, you know, one, place myself as the face of boxing. You know, whoever wins that fight, to me, is a new face of boxing. Then, then I go take on Lomachenko. Then I go take on Devin Haney. That's fine. Don't worry. I, I just want to position myself as the new face of boxing. And when I beat Javante Davis, I will accomplish that. And then I'll feel great within myself. And we're already working on that. So we both want that. Javante himself wants it. So that's what this is leading up to. And then I go take on, you know, Lomachenko and Devin Haney. Ryan Garcia, as always, Gareth, confident. Um, a smidgen of arrogance in there, which I don't mind. I, I like that as well. I think you've got to have a bit of arrogance uh, when you come to your boxing. Not looking past... Fortuna, but he wants Javante Davis next, which surprises me. So he doesn't want, not now anyway, yet the undisputed king, which is Devin Haney. He wants Javante Davis. I like it, but we know how difficult that fight is going to be to make. I think he's saying I want the number one in the division. Because I think Javante for me is arguably the number one in the division. I know Devin Haney looked fantastic in Australia against George Cambosos and put on a boxing lesson, Addy, but... He's calling the, the toughest guy to beat in the division, in my view. Is that, that is. not Loma, do you think? You know, no. I've got a thing for no. Loma. No, no I, think, I think Lomachenko beats Garcia on, yeah, on skills paying the bills. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, um, he does. He does. And I think Garcia is probably at the moment. I would probably say that it's, for me, Javonta's my number one in the division. Mm. Um, 
Haney and Lomachenko is an amazing fight. I just think that Haney might pit Lomachenko in a Youth. boxing match. That's the only thing. Youthfulness, I think it's... it's yeah, so and, those and two size, and three. Yeah. yeah, and size. And then I think I've got Garcia four in the division. Mm. Um, but I love that fight with Javonta Davis. And look, Garcia's ranked two with the WBC anyway. Um, weird. I don't, I don't get this. He's ranked 10 with the IBF. I don't see where uh, Billy Dibb, Dennis, Bar- uh, Dennis Baranchik, and Richard Comey get ranked above Ryan Garcia. Sorry, don't buy that. Boxing with Maxi Hughes at 11. No, I don't buy that. Yeah, um, he's got boxing. too much power in those hands. Um, but look, the key is we've got him back. He could have left boxing altogether. He doesn't need boxing. Mm. Um, he, he's got, you know, he's built up as extraordinary. He's incredibly good looking. Looks like a young film star. He'll probably go on to do loads of things. He's friends with all the stars in combat sports. We've seen mm-hmm. him trying to knock the cup of tea out of the hands by hitting of, Nganu, yeah. of the big Nganu man. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> You're not just, you d- who spilt my tea, says Francis. <laughs> no one, baby, not from lightweight and below. Um, <laughs> and on that note, do you think we're going to see um, Tyson Fury and Francis and Garner? Absolutely no that? chance. No, I don't. Absolutely no chance. I don't. I I really don't. I really don't. Quickly, as we end, though, very, very quickly, this is looks like John Jones is back. They're starting to talk now a lot about him versus Stipe Miocic. Yeah, yeah, I like that. 30 seconds. Great fight, that. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. And he beats Miocic, in my view. He'll be too quick, too clever. Um, uh, Even that. But he's got to be careful not to be hit by Miocic because he's got very heavy hands. He's former Golden Gloves champion, of course, as well as a wrestler and a baseball player. Imagine him hitting a baseball. Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine? Imagine him just hitting you. No. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Um, no, no, thank you, thank you. No, no big hits from Mr. Miocic from me. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather live on the outside of the cage with him around. Uh, good to see John Jones back, and yeah. he will be happy as well. They're desperate to get some star names back in the roster, and John Jones is probably the biggest star of them all. Uh, Gareth, as always, my man, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. This has been Final Extra on TalkSport 2. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along, and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.